Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Uh, super excited to be joined by Jonathan Sprinkle in the uh, the Houston Astros organization. Jonathan, how's it going, man? Good, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, before we got on, before we started recording, you were kind of telling me about why you had um, had to leave the uh, the Arizona Fall League where you were there for a little bit. Um, before you talk about that, though, like how was that experience in the uh, Arizona Fall League? Oh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, meeting all the guys, uh, a lot of the other organizations' prospects, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, meeting guys like Kumar and uh, Quentin and, uh, you know, guys like uh, kind of guys like that who are top-notch in other orgs. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of cool to bounce ideas off of each other and just to kind of see where everyone's head's at. And yeah. they're either new to their org or not or have been in their org for a while. It's really kind of cool to see how everyone's pro experiences. Everybody who's in the Arizona Fall League is legit. Like there, it's kind of like um, an honor, kind of so to speak, to like be representing your team. Usually, there's about five or six mm-hmm. players per team or per organization, I guess. Who's somebody who maybe stood out to you? Uh, Freeman with the Rangers. He's a he's a really good catcher, and he kind of stood out to me. Me and him worked a lot together in the bullpens. Um, I mean, our team was really talented, man. We had Henry with the Pirates. Yeah. Kumar with the Rangers, Freeman, Quentin Priester, uh, Selby with the Pirates. I mean, we had uh, Nick Gonzalez with the Pirates. I mean, we had a lot of top-notch guys. Um, it was just, it, honestly, it was it was just fun. Like it was cool because no nobody kind of like took the you know mindset or mentality of like oh like I'm like I'm a top guy like mm-hmm. I'm gonna kind of like do my own thing. Everyone was so supportive and everyone was so cool and we were all kind of just one big group of guys that just like to have fun and just go play a lot of the Phillies guys uh Schultze uh Lemur all those guys are like we hung out a lot uh, outside of the field so it was just it was just honestly like a big like almost it, obviously it's a showcase and, yeah. you know everyone do what they want to do but uh, just just the camaraderie we had um you know star with the pie with the Rangers excuse me D Bob with the Rangers uh Wolf I mean we had we had a lot of really talented guys and nobody 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 uh came across hockey or there was not a lot of ego not a lot of ego it was just kind of everyone's like there just to have fun and yeah everyone checked their ego at the door and it was just honestly it was one of my favorite pro ball experiences so far just because everyone was just so unique in their own way mm-hmm. and it was just a lot of fun man i mean I, I i hate that i had to leave early for yeah. the injury i had but I, I gotta get it fixed for next season yeah. and I'm not gonna sit on my hands and wait for the end of the fall league. So I wish all those guys the best and I know all of them are gonna do really well in the future. Yeah. Uh one guy I wanna talk about um in the uh, Arizona Fall League, uh somebody you played with for like a brief amount of time in college, uh Evan Reifert. Um <laughs> Yeah. That yeah. dude and I, I feel like I've mentioned him in the last three, four episodes because there's a couple of people I know who know him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just carving like it's incredible for a guy like him and a guy like you who both didn't go dra- get, get drafted or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to be just representing your guys' organizations in the uh, the Fall League there. So it's funny you bring up Ev. He's actually one of my best friends. He stays oh, in my cool. house, trained together. I mean, he, me and him are really close. Uh, yeah, Ev's doing really well. Um, I couldn't be more proud of him. Uh, th- so this is kind of me and him bounce a lot of mentality ideas off of each other. And me and him talk every day. Uh, he's actually probably coming over to my house after my surgery to kind of help out and do all that stuff when he's heading back home from the folly because he's driving back. So. Mm-hmm um he'll help come by here and stay with us for a little bit but my my family loves him he's a brother to me and i wish that kid all the best and i know he's i know he's doing good and i know he uh had his struggles in the beginning of the year and he went through some mm-hmm. th- uh, stuff but hey he's he's come out of it he's come out of it stronger and this is the best he's ever looked in my opinion and i've known him for for two three years now so he's he's really talented and his and his career is going to go a long way yeah, and like you talk about the Rays and just the guys that they find. And when he got traded to the Rays, I you know I messaged him, be like, "Look, dude, like that's gonna be so sick for you. Like you're gonna be so good with the Rays. Like they're gonna develop you so well." Um, mm-hmm. And just from he was already carving with the Brewers in their org, but like now he's just taking it to a new level. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, he hasn't given up a hit. And like there's so many you listed all the hitters that you played with and pitched with when you're over there in the in Arizona. There's some studs, and the, and the fact that he hasn't given up a hit in Arizona. You know, it just shows how like dominant he's been, and good for him. Like I said, like he's he's been in the pod twice. He's a good, good guy. So I, I wish him the best too, man. It's, it's it's awesome to see what he's doing over there. Oh, I'm already giving him a hard time. Whenever I get back and healthy, I'm gonna make sure that me and him are because me and him are always been like super competitive yeah. against each other. And uh, he he already he obviously knows about me and what I'm kind of going through right now. So he's he's been really supportive and really cool about it. But I I had to make sure to let him know that I'm gonna be. I'm going to be better than him whenever I come back yeah. and me and him have that competitive aspect against each other. Cause me and him have been doing, uh, training lives, live ABs, uh, all of that together for the past like three years heading into spring training. So I'm going to make sure he gets humble a little bit. And whenever I come back, I'm going to make sure he, he gets a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Astros, do they have their, um, spring training in Florida as well? Yeah. West Palm beach. Okay. Okay. I might, I might have to go to Florida I think I think it's gonna be sweet. That's my plan. My plan is to go down there, to Florida, uh, record some some in person episodes. I'm gonna have to get Evan back on. Um, another guy I want to talk to you, and like it's kind of off topic, but uh, somebody you also play with who's been on the pod, um, Luke Berryhill. Berryhill. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any uh, funny stories I can kind of DM him later about and just kind of poke fun at him? <laughs> um, uh, me and Luke have a good relationship. Luke's Luke's obviously caught me for honestly most of my pro ball career and me and him have kind of moved up the ranks the exact same kind of timing uh i've given him a hard time he's given me a hard time we're honestly just uh two buddies that just like giving each other a little a little hard time here and Mm -hmm. there but no he's he's an extremely talented hitter he's a good catcher he's he's very adaptive to kind of what pitchers want to do he uh one of my one of my favorite things he does he always brings his guitar on the road trip and uh we always uh would have him do simple man and that was easily everyone's favorite on the bus so that's probably one of my favorite memories with him uh but no, me and him like to go get uh go, go get canes sometimes on the on on road trips and all that and me and him have a me and him have a good relationship so i, I wish that kid the best and i know he's gonna be, i know he's gonna be a stud 
Yeah, he he mentioned that he takes out his guitar, and I'm like, I asked him yeah. like, what was the what's the reception like? And he's like, oh, everybody loves it. Like, you know, okay. just it's such a cool experience just being able to take out the guitar and kind of rock out a little bit. Hmm. Hmm. You know, it's funny as if you if you ever uh, if he's on there again, you gotta. He hate he's he's not a fan of pop country at all. So okay. compare if you want to see a, a funny reaction out of him, compare him to a pop country artist, and he'll get he'll get kind of pissed. So who, who is a like a, a who would be considered like a pop country? Because I, I I listen um, to some country, but like I don't. I probably wouldn't tell you who's. I'll have to get back to you on that. I can't remember the guy's name right now. Because what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna send him a message and be like, look, Sprinkle told me that like this is your idol. <laughs> yeah. do, do that but but let me get the name first okay. yeah I can't remember his name off the top of my head but he gets real uh because we, we made fun of him in corpus about it and it, he got he got upset and it was pretty funny but okay i'm gonna message him i'm gonna i'm gonna dm him later be like look once once we figure out the name well I'll, you have to get back to me uh oh. and, we'll, and we'll figure that out um okay so let's get into your injury like what happened like when did you start realizing like you know maybe things are kind of off like is like what? What kind of led to you figuring that out that you're injured? Probably more towards the later part of the year. I just like like something just didn't feel right, and I I didn't know what it was, and I I honestly thought it was mechanically, or maybe that I was just kind of tired or needed a break or whatever. And then um, heading into fall league, I just kind of kept lingering, and I I just couldn't put my finger on it. So I started going through mechanic because I started I was I was walking a lot of guys. I was. Uh, I didn't have my velo. I didn't have like just the command that I wanted that I usually have. And it just didn't really feel, I, I didn't feel like myself at all. So um, I was just kind of going down the rabbit hole of how do I feel down the mound? Like, why is my arm not whippy? Like I, it's like, I knew something was wrong with my arm. I just didn't know what it was. And then when, you know, the discoloration started happening and my arm started getting swollen, I kind of like, went into the trainer and I was like, I don't know what it is. Like something's not right with me. I don't, I don't like, this isn't me. And was I was in I, Arizona I, or during like, the end of the season. That was in Arizona okay. when I finally kind of like, it didn't bother me until Arizona, but I knew something didn't feel right yeah. for a little bit at the end of the season, probably like the last month of the season. I just didn't feel like myself and my velo was kind of trending down and obviously i know why and i know like you know it's a pretty it's a pretty big deal but um i went to the trainer and i was just like hey like my arm's kind of swollen like i don't feel whippy like it just feels heavy and like slow and like i don't know what's going on sent me to go get a uh ultrasound then they found the clot kind of like heading into my shoulder right here and uh they uh got me at one of the doctors in Houston on the phone and he was just like, Hey, I don't like what I see. Like pack all your stuff. Like we're going to get you to Houston. We're going to get that out of your arm and we're going to figure it out from there. So flew to Houston that day, um, had the surgery in the morning to get the clot removed. Um, they went through my arm kind of like right. And I don't know if you can see it, but yeah, went through. a little dot right there. Yeah. Kind of went through, cleared it out right here, put me on some blood thinners and, uh, you know, just kind of, I just actually got the date for my surgery today. So going to go in, get the rib removed and feel like myself again. And I'm honestly super excited. Like I, like I, I knew I haven't felt like myself in a, in a while and just to get myself back to where I was and back to get my velo up, get my, you know, command where it needs to be just feeling like myself again. And that was something that this year has been like a weird medical year for me. Yeah. And I've kind of had, 
a little bit of a down of a down year this year, but I know I'm going to come back next year and I'm going to get back to dominating like I know I can. Yeah. So I got all the com- I got all the confidence in the world. Love that. I just got to get through the surgery and, and everything will be fine. Yeah. So does it kind of make you feel maybe a little bit relieved knowing that like maybe if you weren't pitching well, it's just because of an injury, not just because maybe you just you didn't have it or whatever, like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that I talk to our pitching coordinator a lot about and even our pitching coach in Corpus because I just never felt like myself for most of this year. And even before, you know, this all started bothering me, I had I had a huge uh, stomach issue as well. So this year's been a weird – it's been a very weird medical year for me. But, yeah, kind of kind of went through the ringer this year in medical stuff because it's weird because I'm usually a very healthy guy and I, I usually – Knock on wood, obviously, but like, I never really got injured. I never, I always stayed healthy. I was always kind of a horse with innings. I was always able to eat up whatever I could. Um, but definitely, this year was kind of one of those years where it was like, a, just just kind of a down medical year for me. But and that's fine, and that's all, and that's the risk we take as athletes, and that's part of it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here and say it's not part of it because it is. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm. I it is. It is a sigh of relief you know, to know that like most of this year I wasn't healthy. Cause I'm, I'll be honest with you, man, I, I left spring training at an absolute high. I mean, I was the best I've ever looked. I was dominating. My view was at a hot person at a personal high. What were you hitting? I was up to, I was like three to five. Um, and my slider was up to 87, which is kind of crazy for the slider that I have. Cause I have a big kind of sweeping slider right to left. Um, and I mean, I was, striking out big leaguers i was looking good i wasn't walking guys i had i had really good command everything felt synced up and then the first part of the season the first month of the season was really well for me then my stomach started bugging me and i lost like 20 to 25 pounds in a month because oh, like oh yeah no it's been a weird medical year man. <laughs> oh my gosh i'm not bsing you here um yeah i lost 20 25 pounds in a month then i had to like try and get back from that um kind of rather quickly because it was already middle of the season when we kind of figured it out. I, my, my weight's still a little down right now, but you know, got that kind of under control. And then as soon as that got, you know, under control, then my arms started, you know, swelling up and I was just kind of like, what, whatever, you know, this year is what it is, yeah. whatever. I'm going to take it. At, I'm going to take it for what it is. I'm going to put it in the back of my head. I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to get healthy and I'm going to go back to what I'm doing. Because I, I know I have it, and I know I have, and I have the utmost confidence in myself. I just got to get healthy first. No, for sure, and that's good to have that confidence. You had mentioned, I think, um, I think you had mentioned something about talking to uh, Ryford about like bouncing off like um, ideas and like mentally mental stuff. Yeah, 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 me and him talk a lot about yeah. stuff like that. So um, when you go through something like um, an injury and having a season where uh, not everything went the way you wanted to go, like how do you stay mentally strong? Like, do you have any advice for you guys out there? Yeah, no, definitely take a, you gotta, you, you gotta take a break from baseball. And what I mean by that is you have to have a hobby of something else. You have to have a passion you enjoy some somewhere else in the world. Because if you, I'm not saying to not fully dive in and give everything you got into this game because you have to at the level that we're at, like there's no other choice, but if you make baseball solely who you are, and if you make it the only thing that you're focusing on, you're going to burn out. And you're not going to have like me and Evan talk about golf all the time and me and Evan golf all the time. Like that's like, that's our escape from it. And we have, uh, 
you know, obviously that competitive aspect against each other. But, you know, when it comes to mentalities, it's like we both have seen each other at our best. So we obviously hold each other to that standard. But at the same time, like baseball's not life. And, you know, we're human at the end of the day. And we have to, you know, you know, support and love each other for, for what it is. And that's awesome. But at the same time, like you got to give each other a hard time. You got to get your mind off yeah. of baseball you got to be human. You yeah. can't, or you can't sit there and be a robot and be all that 24 seven because you're going to get burned out. So any, I mean, the advice I got is just, you know, have fun, live life. Like obviously what we do, we're, we're very blessed to do it. And we, and we worked extremely hard to get where we're at, but you know, go hang out with friends, go play around. A, you gotta go play around somewhere. You gotta, you know, go play billiards. You got to go do something like go, just go, even if it's like a lot of guys play, you know, cod or apex and a lot of guys golf and a lot of guys have that extra hobby that just helps them kind of get away. And for me, it's music and golf. Like I love doing that. Like I, I'm a big music guy and I love, I love golf too. So do you play it, also or no? Do I play music? Yeah. So I actually do play the saxophone, okay. which is a little fact, but, uh, uh, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not to the extent that Barry Hill's at. Okay, like, he he's always posting on Instagram, like you know, the bars that he's um, performing at and stuff. So I thought maybe you, you and him <laughs> might tag team a little bit and try to trash out a little band. Maybe, maybe someday me and Barry can get onto that. But uh, no, nah, that that's more his realm on getting singing at bars and stuff. I don't. I don't have that that confidence in yeah. my second ability nice um so let's let's get into like you growing up and stuff like when did you start realizing um you were a little nasty at baseball maybe a little bit better than the rest and you're like all right i can maybe make something out of this honestly i think that i i, I knew i had a unique fastball but i didn't know like what it, what i was doing i knew I, I just threw it and guys just weren't hitting it and uh, i didn't really figure it out until college probably sophomore year was my breakout year um but I, I mean, I, I wasn't really recruited by a lot of D1 schools. I was kind of a lengthy, you know, tall guy who I was still trying to figure out my body and still trying to, like, get myself, you know, mm-hmm. figured out. Yeah. But sophomore year, things started clicking. Like, I started understanding who I am. I went to a co- I went to Central Missouri, who was a very hardworking college, and nothing's ever – I mean, obviously, a lot of colleges are, you know, no, nothing's ever given. But yeah. being a D kid, like, you kind of have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. What, what kind of numbers were you putting up in high school? Like, what were your stats looking like? Were you just carving? High school as a starter, um, and uh, I was behind Cole Dunsing, who got drafted in the fifth round of the Angels. He's with the Dodgers now, but uh, me and him were kind of the ones who punch in, in high school, which was a lot of fun. Um, he's a good dude. I like him. We haven't really talked since, but he's a <laughs> good, good guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, then transitioned into the bullpen in college. Really liked the bullpen. I was a closer for the majority of college, but I kind of did everything out of the bullpen as well, just to kind of depend on what, when they needed me. What was that transition like, or who who suggested that? Like, hey, you're you're a starter, but I think we're gonna throw start throwing you out of the pen. I was a two I was a two pitch mix guy, and uh, a lot of our starters in college had you know three plus, yeah. and I, I, I didn't have that, so they kind of moved me over into the pen. Cause they had a solid, they had a solid starting rotation when I moved, when I got there as a freshman and, but they wanted to throw me. So they put me in the bullpen and it kind of just stuck since. And then I, I had a, uh, a couple starts junior year, but eh, yeah. I, I was, 
I honestly love, like the bullpen more. I love high pressure, high pressure situations, and I love closing games. I think the hard, the hardest outs are the last three. That's what and, they say. And I, I, I like being in that situation, and I like you know, just my best versus your best. You know, let's go. You know, I, I've, I've always loved that mentality and having that, having that pressure. I just think it brings out the best in people, and you know, yeah. I, I've, been a big fan of it so what do you do to get yourself hyped up then like obviously as a reliever versus like a starter there's a huge difference um i yeah. know guys who like i've heard there's a couple guys i talked to who like drown themselves like in the marlins organization i don't know if you've heard about this they literally yeah. just like breathe in water and it gives them like this like rush of adrenaline um no. smelling salts like what do you do like what do you do to get hyped up i mean obviously you, you got your c4 i haven't even heard of the drowning yourself that's kind of crazy yeah it's a couple guys in beloit wisconsin at the uh uh, Beloit now now they're the Beloit, not snappers anymore. They're the uh, Sky Carp, but yeah, in the Marlins org, there's a couple guys. Uh, Josh Simpson, he's uh, I think he's in AAA now with them, but uh, yeah, he was. They just literally just get a cup of water and like or a handful of water and breathe it in. I, I don't know why, but, and I, I'm gonna do it sometime whenever I go down to spring training and I talk to the guys over there. I'm gonna do it and see how it is. But uh, man, like yeah, okay. So you're you're a C4 kind of guy. If it works for them, more <laughs> yeah. power. Can't say I'm ever gonna do that, nope. but hey, more power to it. But honestly, like I, I'm not really the kind of guy that like needs to be hyped up. Okay. Like I, I, I take the mentality of like being very calm, cool, and collective with it. So like, I like to I like to sink to the level of my training more than you know rise to the occasion because sinking to the love your training is way easier because if you try and rise to the occasion you're you're either putting too much pressure on yourself or you're trying too hard so in my eyes when i try too hard i suck because yeah. i can't whenever i try and overdo something it just doesn't it, it's never worked really out for me but whenever i'm in control of my emotions and in control of my breath i'm able to do exactly what i want to do so i'm way more of the like just take a deep breath if you need some c4 grab some c4 but i honestly don't really hype myself up that much because i like to i like to be in control of every of every part of my body i don't like to i don't i don't need the you know the the jazz like the little tingle down the spine or whatever it is i just like knowing that like i have full control of what i'm doing right now and you know I, like this moment's mine it's not anybody else's like this moment's mine so i'm gonna take it and i'm gonna you know, sink to the level of my training and, and have it because doing too much in my opinion can hurt, can hurt a player. Yeah, no, that's cool. So it's, I've never heard of that. So it's sink to the level of your training. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. Um, so were you the closer in high in, in college or was that just your reliever? And then sometimes you would close or were you just like the dude who closed games? I was the setup guy my freshman year and then sophomore, junior year, I closed games. Uh, I kind of did everything out of the bullpen junior year, but obviously that was COVID year, so we, we kind of got cut short, but we were extremely good that, that year, and I have the utmost confidence to say that I think we would have won the whole thing that year. We were we were really good that year, and we, I think we were like 23-3 and three or 20-3 and three or something Dang, like that. That's crazy. Oh, we were, we were really good, and I don't think anybody was going to get in our way because we wanted that national championship really bad, and... It, there was no again like we kind of had the no ego or you know 
everybody's everybody's nasty everybody knows it why don't we just have this brotherhood and camaraderie and just go do it you know what i mean yeah no for sure um you might have to teach me how to play saxophone so that way when you're closing games in houston i could be like timmy trumpets or whatever his name is just with the saxophone 100 i got you i already got a couple uh songs that i'm gonna use whenever i whenever i get up there i already got a couple of them that's awesome that's awesome um so what was maybe one team you like love to face when you were in college like maybe one team where like the fans were a little chirpy uh the <laughs> players were a little cocky like what was one team oh. where you're like all right we just can't wait to shove against these guys that was missouri southern for us for okay. us especially we had a pretty good rivalry with them um and in the mnfla tournament they actually uh I, I had a good year. I had a really good year, sophomore year, and in the MIAA championship, a lot of them. I I can't remember if it was them or it was their fans, but somebody started a chant like after they won and they were going to face us because I, I believe we were the number one seed, and they said like we want sprinkle, <laughs> okay. and they were kind of chirping at me and whatever. So my our coach was like, all right, whatever. We played them next round, and I think I went in in like the third inning, and I pitched like five point two or something like that that day, and I had like ten strikeouts. So I was I was pretty. So you you gave them what they wanted, but apparently yeah. it wasn't it wasn't what they wanted. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna remember that game my whole life. Yeah, I was pretty jazzed up for that game. I was I was in a different little mode, but yeah. Do you think you just maybe go just a, a notch higher or a different level of intensity when like those fans are chirping like that much at you? It honestly doesn't really get to me, uh, and I would say that that was the only time where I kind of like heard it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "All right, like here we go." Like yeah. obviously, you're a lot of crazy, messed up stuff in the minors because mm-hmm. everybody because morality goes out the window whenever you put on a jersey. But yeah. you no, know, I get it, whatever. But um, honestly, it hasn't like that was the first point to where I kind of got like called out. And I was all for it. The miners, it's it's kind of different because, you know, they're just chirping to chirp because they think it's fun. College, it, it it's way more personal, and I don't know why, and I, I don't really get it. And I, I guess the big leagues, like it's it goes back to being personal. But the miners, it just doesn't it it doesn't feel that way. It just feels like ever like you're just chirping to chirp, and you know it is what it is, whatever. And it's probably also due to the fact that we play so many games. Mm-hmm. That you're just kind of like numb to it and it doesn't really matter as much but i've always i've always thought that was interesting on why stuff feels way more personal in college than it does in in pro ball but i'm sure in the big leagues it definitely flips the other way but yeah you never know and you mentioned the minors and stuff um have you had any like funny fan interactions or maybe um a game where maybe the fans were just a little extra chirpy or um just funny or maybe just like fans in your dms like hey give me some autographs like <laughs> I actually have a good story about that. Um, it was when I first got called up to Asheville last year, and it was my first outing, and I had a rough outing, my my very first outing in Asheville. And God bless her heart, I don't remember her name, but like a grandma that was at the game DM'd me on Instagram, and she was this old, this little old sweet lady, and. This is the one that got to me the well, not like angered, but like actually kind of like sat in my head for a little bit. Is she was she sent me a DM and she was like, Hey, like I'm a big tourist fan. Like, I just want to, I like, I know tonight didn't go the way you wanted, but like, it's a long season and I'm sure you'll be just fine. I was just like, and I was already mad because of my outing. 
and it just kind of sat with me for a little bit and i was like wow i got a grandma telling me i suck tonight like that that one kind of hits deep you know what i mean yeah so you're in your feels and like yeah, she's sending exactly. you another message like hey i know you sucked but it's it's not too but, bad keep your head up she's like all right well that one that, that was a funny one but at um at least she no, was encouraging I'm, Oh, she she she's a sweetheart, and she she's a good person. Have you met her in person? Like, you know who she was? I know. I actually I never met her in person, but I did see her a couple okay. times at the field. So she's she's good, and she's got a good heart. But that one kind of sat with me a little bit, just because I was already you know upset about my outing. But um, I've actually gotten mad at a couple of fans because some of the fans that are, are in some areas just go way over the top. Oh yeah. And they, bringing personal stuff into it and it's just like for me it's just like if you're gonna if you're gonna you know chirp me whatever that's fine mm-hmm. but like leave leave my personal life out of it like that's that that's two different things for yeah, a reason for sure like you can chirp me on the field however much you want if i throw a ball you know it's ball one you know that's fine like yeah. like chirp whatever like i can handle that but like when you start bringing in personal stuff it's i i that's where i kind of get upset or when you start like we had this situation happened at a where were we at? We were at Oakland's place. Uh, the Rock Hounds. They oh, were yeah, Midland. Midland, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were. Uh, we had fans throwing stuff at us in the bullpen. And that, that really pissed me off too. The, that's the only part where, like, like you can chirp as much as you want, but yeah. once you once you get physical and once you start bringing personal life into it, mm-hmm. that's where I draw the line. But yeah, fans fans at games are, are crazy, especially the minor leagues, because like they'll have like dollar beer, beer nights or whatever, and like fans are just going psycho. Um, sometimes some of them are in like college town, and like they just kind of hang out there. Um, have you had any? Like I've had guys tell me that like fans have gone onto the bus after games and started just taking random pictures, and like just it's people had to like kick them off the bus. Like just fans are just psycho. We've definitely had drunk fans around the bus, but I we yeah. I mean I've experience a fan get on the bus i think i think that would be especially our group in corpus i don't think that would have flew very well so i don't know yeah yeah like i said fan, fans are crazy fans are crazy have you ever been like the uh i'm not i don't know because you're a pitcher but maybe mm-hmm. like you're facing i don't know if maybe your team does this um like the strikeout batter um different like the k batter if, you know if you strike out somebody <laughs> like you everyone yeah. gets like a dollar beer or a dollar pizza or a dollar whatever maybe they usually just say that for hitters okay. but no it's it's definitely kind of tough whenever one, one of your friends gets designated you know beer batter of the, of the night and they strike out and the fans go crazy and it's just kind of like ah because i'll be honest with you like a lot of those a lot of a lot of the hitters like they're just like well i don't want to give these fans beer so yeah. they they definitely they definitely go into there with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder but you know i i mean i get it it's promotions it's media like i like i get it mm-hmm. like it's fun yeah and like one of your buddies gets called out for that did, did uh did your any of your team's uh home stadiums do that like when when you were the pitcher did you face any of the the key batters or no i didn't know okay. um we didn't really do much of that in corpus okay uh, that was kind of more away rather than home um what is uh what is one city you've gone to speaking of like the minor leagues and stuff where you mm-hmm. just get off the bus and you just look around and you're like yeah, where am i like there's a subway there's a like one little tiny random like restaurant that closes at three in the afternoon. Um, yeah, there's a couple places. I would say that Midland's definitely one of them. That's kind of in the middle of nowhere. I've been to Midland. Um, it's it's hot. Like it is hot yeah. over there. It's like just oil. That's all they do. Is just people. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 the middle of nowhere. 
um honestly like the like that's the texas league in general is is it's extremely hot in the texas league what is your favorite place to play where you're just like all right i maybe i pitch a little bit better or maybe like the fans are or maybe it's just a nice area to visit just from being from Kansas, I was always like when we headed to Wichita and played them, like like that one's a lot of fun. Uh Tulsa's a great spot. Mm. That place that that stadium is really good. Um <laughs> Corpus is just so hot, man. It's so mosquitoy and muggy and you know, I I, lo- I love our fans and I and I, and I and I like the staff. It's just it's just so hot. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's tough playing baseball when it feels like 108 outside every day. Kind of drains you. But um, what's another place that I really liked? Tulsa, Wichita, um, um, the Sod Poodles, the uh, Amarillo. That place is an airport. That place they the play at an airport. Oh no! But it, oh. I, what I mean by that is it's it, like the ball flies off the bat. Like, oh, okay, okay. Like, like dangerously crazy. Like you hit it, and it's it, you won't even hit a ball that hard. It's a home run. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that that place is a pitcher's nightmare, but you know it's for a hitter's dream. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so you you uh, you didn't get drafted, but obviously you signed with the with the Astros. Um, mm-hmm. Were there any other teams interested in you, um, or was it pretty much the Astros? Um, yeah, no, no, I have had other teams interested in me. The Orioles were interested in me. The uh, who was it? The Orioles, the Cubs, Astros, Brewers, Braves. Oh, nice. That's a good amount of teams. Um, yeah, we like for, so that year, obviously COVID year, it was kind of interesting because uh, there was a two day dead period after the five, the five round draft, and the Cubs were actually calling me during the draft, and they were like, "Hey, like keep your phone on you, like it's between you and another guy, like for our fifth round pick." And I was just like, "Okay," and they ended up not taking me. But hmm. do you ever look two- at that guy who got drafted in the fifth round and just be like, "Man, I'm better." <laughs> I, I was definitely, I was definitely a little salty over that for sure. But um, you know, I hope, I mean, I, I hope that dude does, you know, everything he wants to do. I was, but I was a little salty at the Cubs for that one. Not gonna. But uh, no, I, I mean, I, I like the Cubs, and it was, honestly, it was kind of between the Cubs and the Astros at the end of the day, and the Brewers as well. Um, so when free agency started, I had a, a lot of Zoom calls with teams, and I just really liked the way the Astros presented. It like presented what they wanted to do with me they had a plan they had a plan of a plan of attack for exactly how they wanted me to get to the big leagues and it was just it was very professional very thought out very analytical they knew everything about me they knew my strengths they knew my weaknesses they knew just kind of how to make me a big leaguer and that alone like that alone sold me and it was just because i like the amount of effort it took for them to you know, put all that together and then come after me and be like, we want you and what, like, whatever you want, just tell us and we'll make it happen. So, um, it was, it was a, it was a really good meeting and I was, I'm very blessed and happy to be with the Astros. No, for sure. Um, and obviously the organization is like top notch and like, they're obviously they're playing in like five minutes in the world series. Um, so like how, how cool is it just being able to know that you're in an organization where they've been to the world series so many times or, they're knocking on the door of the World Series like the last five years. The culture is is it's def- you can definitely tell it's it's just different. Like the winning culture and just understanding like how to make guys figures. Like what like one of my good friends, like David Hensley, like he's DHing tonight. 
and you know he was a senior sign for a thousand dollars and i you know and that kid is absolutely balling right now and i wish him you know all the best and he's 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 a stud and he's gonna be in the big leagues for a while but uh you know a guy like even taking a guy like that you know like and just understanding the culture of what the astros do and understanding like how they have a plan for everybody and if the plan goes you know according and they definitely adjust based off of like how life changes like for me obviously like i have medical stuff this year so the plan changes a little bit you know what i mean so um just being a part of the of the winning culture and understanding like everything that they do is so uh well thought through it's very analytical it's very um just you know it you like you like you know the right things are happening mm -hmm. is there a trickle down uh, effect from like every organizational level where you just kind of see that same process from like low a all the way to the majors i would definitely say like you can you can you can start to tell like when like when you're getting close and when you're kind of like moving up and like especially when you're moving up like um a lot of guys in the younger levels are just kind of like trying to understand like what the Astros want to do and like how they want to do stuff. And if they want to learn a new pitch or do something a little different, mechanic, you learn that. And then you, and then at each level you kind of, I know this is very generic, but like you move up and you understand and you master a skill and then you master a different skill and then you, you know, master a movement or master a pitch. And when you get that down, you know, good things happen. Mm -hmm. And the, definitely take note of that and like like i'll give you an example like for me like i had no idea my extension was one of the best in baseball like i i had no idea but this is something that that they knew and they knew it would be very uh effective for me based off of like where i stand and how i kind of go at hitters so like i now know that's a big weapon for me and i can use it to my advantage in different ways like but you know i i had no idea even even last year like i knew it was good but i didn't know it was as good as what it is so you definitely like find the little things about yourself that make you effective and you hone in on those things and you, and you learn to use it to your advantage with every single pitch. It's not something to where it's just, you just solely rely on your talent. You solely rely on, you know, the feels that you have coming in. It's all about developing new feels. It's all about, you know, finding yourself and then refinding yourself and then going through each day of, I'm going to, I'm going to attack this, this, and this, and then, you know, good things are going to come from it. That's awesome. Um, all right. So let's end on this. Um, obviously you're going to go through, um, a rehab process and get ready for spring training. Um, mm -hmm. knock on wood, everything's good to go. Um, what, mm -hmm. what is your off season going to look like other than like rehab? Like what do you do when you're not pitching or working out or training? It's colder in Kansas city. So I'm not going to be able to go. That is off. true. That is true. I'm in the Midwest myself. <laughs> there you go. Um, Honestly, like, I'm going to take a little bit of a step uh, whenever I have surgery. I'm going to take a little bit of a step back and just kind of, like, focus on my family. And, you know, I got to take care of this little dog <laughs> next to me. But uh, I'm going to obviously root, root for my Chiefs, maybe go to a game or two. I, I know um, you see my Raiders, my Raiders shirt on here. I don't know if uh, got, I might have to kick you off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. Uh, but... I'm going to, I'm going to get back into it pretty hard. Whenever I, whenever I start ramping it up again, I'm going to start, I have a couple things in my mind that I want to work on and that I want to be able to do heading into spring training. Cause I feel like they'd be very effective for me. I'm already talking and working with people here in Kansas city on things that like, 
they can help me with and how I can become better moving forward. I have a really good game plan. I'm talking to my pitching director all the time about stuff and how, like, how, like what, what would this do with me? Would it help me? Would it hurt me? You know, stuff of that nature. But um, I'm going to kind of, whenever I get surgery, I'm going to take a step back for a week or two and just kind of allow myself to get healthy because I feel like I've um, – I've been going pretty hard for a while and I yeah. think maybe a little reset would be good. So I'm going to do sure. that. But I, I mean, I mean, I love this game and this game's given me a lot in my life and I'm very blessed and fortunate to be where I'm at. Uh, so I'm going to give this game everything I, everything I got, but I'm definitely gonna, you know, take this process as um, kind of a learning point and sure. being a little bit better with my, post with with my recovery routine and a little bit better with my uh kind of just staying in control like in feel with my body because it 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 did freak me out a little bit whenever i didn't have control yeah like it just didn't feel like it how it used to so i'm definitely kind of going to go down that route of understanding how to control every every little bit of your body because i feel like that's also a huge thing in sports because a lot of guys you know they'll just get into their weight room and they'll train and they'll train and they'll train and they'll train and that's all good don't get me wrong but at the same time like you have to have elite control of everything that you do and you have to be able to move certain muscles and in ways and feel things about you know and feel things about you know how do i feel going down the slope how do i feel because a lot of guys just grab the ball and rip it and that's all good and and, and if it works for them you know more power to it but i i'm a firm believer in like you have to be able to control everything that you do and that's kind of something that i'm going to take a little bit more of, of an approach at this off season is i'm still going to train i'm still going to do all this stuff that i just said no i'm not saying i'm not going to do yeah. that but I'm definitely going to take a little bit more control of, you know, how does my, how does my hip feel in this, in this position going down the mound? Like, where's my arm at in space in this, in this area? Like, is it, is it exactly where I want it to be? Does it feel a little lower? Does it, does it feel slow? Does it Mm -hmm. feel too quick? I'm definitely going to kind of go down that route because that's where command starts taking into place. And like, that's where I believe true command lies is that you have, elite control of your body like no matter what you're no matter what you're doing and you're just creating a repeatable fluid delivery that helps that helps you understand who you are and then it allows you to be yourself yeah so that that's one of the things that i'm going to dive into this this off season that's gonna and i feel like i'm gonna become really good after it yeah, no, I'm excited to see what see what happens. I mean, like I said, mm-hmm. I'm hoping to go to spring training at some point yeah. in Florida. We're gonna have to definitely, like, we're gonna have to do something. Maybe uh, you, me, um, you know what we do is we'll, we'll I'll, I, uh, I'll start practicing my guitar, and I'll you, me, Barry Hill, we'll start, we'll, we'll maybe do some karaoke or something. Done. Sounds <laughs> like a deal. For sure, for sure. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, we're gonna have to do this again. Um, yeah. For sure, man. Like, uh, appreciate you uh, taking your time, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.